Praise the Lord, and welcome to I Have Podcast and another session of I Have a Testimony. I am your host, Reverend Mario Enajera, and to all those that are listening in for the first time, and for all those that are returning back, welcome, and thank you for joining in. I also want to make sure and reach out to all of our listeners and see, you know, how everybody's doing. I pray that you are in good health and in good spirits, and if you need you know, an uplifting moment or time. I pray that as you're listening to this podcast, that it would help uh, elevate your faith, elevate your spirit, encourage you a little bit. That's always been the uh, goal, and that's always been um, the purpose for this podcast. So I pray that you'll be blessed in Jesus' name. Uh, I'm honored to have with me today uh, National Dorcas President, First Lady Georgia Vasquez uh, of Apostolic Faith Tabernacle, Chicago First in Chicago, Illinois. And we are here today to testify of the goodness and the mercy of God. And no matter where you find yourself in life's journey, that Jesus loves you, that Jesus still saves, and that he's still doing works within his people. So listen as we hear some of what God has done in the life of my guest today, Sister Georgia Vasquez. Praise the Lord and welcome Praise to I Have Podcast. <laughs> Praise the Lord, Minister uh, Nahera and uh, all your listening audience. It's a pleasure to be here today. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> yes, my pleasure. And as we were talking, uh, you know, kind of behind the scenes, you know, to finally be able to get together and do this, you know, for the honor and glory of God. Yes, there were quite a few challenges uh, with uh, timing, scheduling, and even um, things that are out of our control, like the weather, yes. <laughs> lack of electricity. Yeah, so, but here we are, thank God, and we have an opportunity to just uh, be with you in your studio and just share with uh, the listening audience um, a little bit about what, what God is doing in our lives. Amen? Yes, amen. Always something that God is doing. Yes, definitely, definitely. And, and that's kind of where I would like to start off with, uh, Sister, is... Before uh, your own personal relationship with God, where would you say you found yourself in? What was life like for you before that experience in church or your own experience with God? Well, let me tell you, Brother um, Nakeda, I found myself. Where where did I find myself? Well, geographically, I was in a little town by the name of Early Mart, California. Okay, living on, and I still remember Oak Street uh, with my parents who did not have a relationship uh, with Christ at mm. the time and whose um, dysfunction really because of, of the lack of Christ in our life was beginning to affect me mm. negatively. I was but a child exposed to so much intrafamilial violence. Mm. Um, and that's where I found myself when grandma, who lived across the street, decided one day that she was going to take me to that little church in early March. And although I I was born in McFarland, California, uh, we lived in early March. And uh, we lived on the proverbial other side of the tracks, if you will, where I I was exposed to so much violence and inappropriateness at Mm. at a very young age. So that's where I found myself, you know, uh, at, at a very early uh, age, I found myself surrounded by things that a little girl shouldn't be surrounded with. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And and then how did that come to be? What was your experience like? You know, grandmother taking you to that little church you just commented on and everything that you've been experiencing and exposed to. 
How did that come to be a personal relationship with Christ for you, sister? Well, first off, I I didn't really feel safe. I didn't know that at the time. I just had a lot of uh, feelings that I, as a little girl, couldn't put a name to it. Mm. But I just didn't feel safe in in the house. Um, Both my parents were working, uh, and they worked in the fields, you know, California, San Joaquin Valley. And so I had... Uh, to mind my siblings, which were two little brothers. I was eight at the time. Hmm. And I had a brother wow. who was seven and another brother who was five. So on school days, I got to spend time away from the uh, uneasiness of home. And and that caused me to always be a, a straight eight student. But when it was the evening and grandma had an activity, oh, grandma just brought me to a whole other place where I did feel safe. Mm. A place I didn't ever want to leave. And then a place where I could feel his presence, I was told back then. When I was asked, how do you feel? I feel peace. I feel good. I'm happy. You know, and my grandma would say, why are you crying? I don't know why I'm crying, grandma. So she would just hug me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's so amazing, you know, the grace of God and where he can I want to say pick us from, you know, kind of get us from, you know, our situations. Uh, because, you know, it's very interesting growing up when I was a, a child, you know, my mom worked two to three jobs at one time. You know, my dad was in and out of our lives. And and even before that, we got to see some things that, you know, no children should see, you know, alcohol, right. yeah, alcoholism and, and, you know, abuse, physical abuse, you know, towards yes. my mom. Yeah. And, and and it's interesting that when you be when you're living that situation and you're talking about feeling safe, it becomes all encompassing in a sense where there, there's no, there doesn't make any sense. Like there's no other reality outside of that. Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. yeah. And it be- a grandma like mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very interesting because it was uh, my grandmother was going to church also there in Black California, and uh, she was going, and my sister would go with her, and that's how my mom started going again, and that's how we all got you know pretty much uh-huh. into it when we were a child. And and you were mentioning about crying, my mom. I go, I don't like going to church because my mom all she does is cry when she's there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but it was probably that peace and the safety, you know, she felt right. Yeah, during those times for sure. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, that was a place where, though I felt safe and mm-hmm. I felt, you know, loved and welcomed and warm next to Grammy and, yeah. and her and her just and her embrace and her hugs. You know, that was a place where I was able to just, uh, like you said, experience a different reality yes. than the norm, which was violent, mm-hmm. which was hostile. It was an environment that kept me on my feet. Like, mm-hmm. I found myself always on guard because of my little brothers, wanted to protect them. Yes. Um, and so it was it was very hostile and, and very detrimental even to my health. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that at the time. I just knew I felt happy and safe at the church that grandma would take me, which by the way is um, the same church. I mean, the same church is still there because I visited not too long ago, but uh, the church is um, the church that pastor Joe Aguilar, Bishop Joe Aguilar's dad used to pastor. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was pastor Florencio Aguilar's church, which by the way, he and my grandmother were brother sister. Therefore, I know all these connections. Yeah. Bishop Aguilar and I are cousins. Okay. <laughs> Bottom line. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. So, so let me tell you, 
you know, now that we're on the subject of, of grandmas and, and the important role that they play in a, in a child's life, mm. um, sometimes grandmas feel like, oh, you know, I'm useless. Nobody cares about me mm. anymore. Oh, no, that is not true. Your quiet leadership is really impacting lives for eternity, as was uh, impacted by my own grandmother and my life and my family's life. Yeah. One of the times when grandma took me to church with her, um, they were, I clearly remember this, they were promoting a junior's camp. Well, promoting junior's camp. You know, the annual junior's camp, yeah. I, I know that. I knew not to get too excited because I usually wasn't allowed to go anywhere. Mm. Uh, it was the same. I mean, no field trips, no extracurricular activities, nothing. Because my my parents would also, always say, no hay dinero. Yeah. There is no money for that because if it required money, I couldn't participate. However, grandma, being the godly, sensitive woman uh, that was to some degree discerning my heart, mm. <laughs> uh, she took action. And without my knowing, she paid for my registration. Oh. And then uh, she paid for transportation for me to get to the camp. And guess what, brother? On the very first night I got to camp, uh -huh. I was just so excited. But I, when I got to camp, I knew why I was there. Like, if I felt safe at church with a few young people, I felt even more so with a lot of young people, wow. people my age that had the same needs. The very first night, God filled me with the gift of the Holy Spirit, wow. speaking in other tongues. And that was the first night. So I came home needing to be baptized in the name yeah. of Jesus. I had this burden, this need that even though I was a little girl, I felt like I needed my sins to be removed. Yeah. And so um, so there you have it. That was like wow. uh, a very special moment in my life where, where I knew that I needed to give my life to Christ. And it was because a woman of God took action. Mm. Like she didn't think about the costs. And she herself was in a situation with my grandfather, but she did not care about that. Yeah. She took it upon herself to ensure that I made it to camp. No. And you know what? Because of that godly woman, I am here today. Wow. If it had not been for Maria de Jesus Aguilar de Ramos, I would not. I would be six feet under. I would be in some mental facility. Yeah. I would be roaming the streets of, of you know, California, all cholat out, yeah. if you will. Yeah. Wow. But God. God used this woman to not only impact my life for eternity, but to impact my parents, my dad, my mom. And it's just a, a beautiful story that ends very, very well. Yeah. And everybody can Christ, my dad, my mom. Praise uh, God. And so, yeah, the story continues. <laughs> wow. what that's, that's amazing. Thank God. Thank God, sister. I, oh. it, it just never – I never – not get emotional to hear, you know, what God does in people's lives and how he uses people and in, 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 in to do this, you know, to call and, and help protect other people. That's amazing. Praise yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. It, it just it just resonates so much with me, you know, and, and like I said, what you experience, what seems to be your reality, and then being able to overcome those things and being able to see good and to be able to see love, real love, you know, real love. And, and yeah. Genuine. Yes, and his, and all through his mercy and his grace. And, yeah, there's so much I could just keep saying about it because, yeah, I, I never thought anything good for my life. 
because of everything that I experienced when I was younger. It's like if this is what life is about, you know, 12, 11, 12 years old, 13, you're contemplating, well, who's going to miss me if I'm gone? You know, kind of those kind of ideas or those thoughts because that that's what it just seemed like. Like, why? You know what? But just, be, right. yeah, being able to have that one experience with God and, and that's all it took to start turning things around. It was, still wasn't without its challenges and without, you know, it's, it's you know, short, without my shortcomings. But overall, God's just love and mercy just keep pushing me through and taking me through, you know, from 11, 12 years old. Now I'm 42, you know, and thank God, you know, I have, you know, this relationship with them and, and still be able to, you know, to, to serve him. And, and it's just amazing. It's really amazing. Yeah. And and that was just the beginning. Like that was just the beginning of what God started to do in my life mm. and in my parents' lives and um, my siblings. And yeah. it was just the beginning because I was but a child. So yeah. I still had to go through my teen years. Sure. I still had to go through, you know, my youth years. Yeah. I still, you know, there was still a long journey ahead of me. Yes. And we were all learning and then, you know, more stuff that happened in my family. Yeah. But yeah. Praise God. Like you said, it's a journey. Every journey has a leg and a stage, you know, or a season of it. And and God just keeps taking us, you know, through and over all those things for sure. Um, Sister, how did you eventually, um, Sister, get to a point where you were involved in in ministry? And right now you're a first lady uh, of uh, Apostolic Faith Tabernacle in Chicago first. But how did that kind of lead up to your involvement in ministry before you know that? Yeah, well, my, uh, how did that lead? It wasn't like one event. Mm. It was like a series of events, if you will, like a journey. It's a journey. Mm -hmm. So um, my calling to service was just that, a series of events that eventually evolved into like a full-blown calling to pastoral work alongside my husband. Mm. Uh, Some of the events in in these series of events were, you know, my mom, getting pregnant and being very sick throughout her pregnancy and me still a child having to take care of her at the same time. My dad, though he was already baptized, there was some legal things that were pending in his life. So mm. he got sent to prison. He was baptized by then. He mm. was, you know, filled with the Holy spirit, and everything, but still he had to pay a debt to, to, to yeah. society. Right. So he's leaving to go to prison. I'm oh. left at home with my mom, my mom, who's very sick. I'm the oldest. By this time, I'm almost 10. And so those events, you know, began to kind of shape my my life, my character. So at the same time that my dad was being sentenced to many years in prison, all the while I was being victimized, abused Mm. by people who were coming into our life to help us while my dad was put away. Guardadito, they would say in Spanish. You know, I, I experienced a lot of things that I a child should never experience. Yeah. You know, and my mom couldn't defend me because she was very ill. She was sick. Mm. But I had my angel. I had my grandmother. Mm. Oh, my God. I had my grandmother who would hug me and love me and put me back to a place of stability. Yeah. Her godliness and her words. And she was very affirming. And the older I got uh, and the more I served God alongside my now converted family, mm-hmm. I saw a lot of other people who were broken the way I was. And I could identify with their pain. Yeah. I felt passion and mercy and everything that my grandma like sh- 
sh- shared and showed me. Yeah. Uh, and everything that I experienced with my grandma, I wanted them to experience. Mm. With, like God just gave me a spirit of, of you know how you you know people talk about their spiritual gifting and yeah. mercy is one of them. And I think that to some degree God gave me mercy yeah. to feel and identify. Uh, when 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 someone was hurting, like when they were in pain, mm-hmm. and so I saw a lot of that, you know, brokenness in the church, yeah. and I'm talking about in the church, yes. and and even when I started high school outside of the church, you know, in high school, I felt compassion and mercy and all that was manifested in making myself available to those uh, who just needed to talk and pray, mm. you know. Other, I I came to the realization. Brother Nakira, that Romans 8.28 was and is applicable to me. Because we know that uh, for those who love God, all things were together for good, regardless of what happened. Like, if I went through some things, you know, some horrible things that a child keeps as secrets, Mm -hmm. bad secrets, inappropriate secrets. Mm -hmm. But, I, you know, I come to the realization that whatever I went through, God was with me. My angel was right there, mm. my my grandmother, um, to love me, validate me, encourage me. And I didn't have to keep any more secrets. I didn't yes. have to keep any more lies. I had a place to put them. And that was in Christ um, at the foot of the cross. And that gave me the strength to go out and minister. Mm. I didn't know it was called ministry. Yeah. I just knew it was available. You know, I just knew that people wanted to talk to me. And, and there was this, you know, like... Almost, uh, uh, I'll, I'll use the word attraction. Like people would say, there's something about you. Can I talk to mm. you? I feel like I can give you, in Spanish, confianza. Yeah. You know, like, just confianza. Like, I feel like I can trust you. And I'm like, I don't even know you. How can you say that? <laughs> but it was God. It was yes. God, you know, working in my life and working through me and uh, still continuing to mold me. Yes. That, um, you know, in brokenness, um, you know, that, that'll keep us on our knees, but that also keeps us connected to Christ. You yeah. know, it, it, our brokenness will allow us to see reality for what it is. Like yeah. we, uh, we really, really need Christ. Christ yes. doesn't need us. We need Christ in our lives. Yes. Even if we're broken, guess what? God will still give us the strength to move forward because the plan is greater. The plan is bigger than that that happened. Yes does not have to define you know victimization in our life forever yeah. nope god will give us the strength the victory and we move forward and that becomes a catalyst to really you know making the devil angry and mm. go about god's business yes their brokenness yes Amen. yes yeah when when you know i can't imagine that eight and ten years old all those things you're experiencing and and, and you're right making the devil mad in a sense where statistically speaking you know, you, uh, myself, or yourself, sister, like you said, we should, we could have been out walking the streets. You know, we could have been in a mental war. We could, you know, out of all the things, you know, we, we could have been doing the same thing ourselves to other people, you know, because of what our experience was had been. And tip, typically in those type of households, it kind of generates a pattern where, you know, yeah, you produce more of this evil and all this, you know, bad situation and all these things. But, you know, God breaks those curses. God breaks those. Yeah, yes, yes. God breaks all those things. And, and like I said, that's why when I never thought about goodness for my life, I, I received the greatest good of all, which was, you know, that relationship and that salvation with Christ for sure. 
Exactly. Exactly. God is so good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how long have you been in ministry there? With your was it right away when you got married? Was your husband already in ministry, sister, or was it something that kind of another journey there for both of you? Well, let me tell you. um, After we, uh, I continued to go to high school. Mm. I got to my first year of high school in Delano, California. Uh, my my dad miraculously was out of prison. Uh, the judge said, I don't know why I'm letting you out, blah, blah, wow. blah. But we knew <laughs> it was a praying church. Yeah. And by this time, he was a man of God. By mm. this time, you know, he would study the word in, in prison and we would go visit him. And it was way different. Like it was, a, I felt safer in prison than I did <laughs> at home because my dad was wow. such a different man. Yeah. He was of God. And so when he came out of prison in an effort to start a new job and start a new, you know, life and continue in, in, in serving God, we moved to Texas. Mm. And so I was about 15 at the time and I met, that's where I met my husband. But, you know, that's a whole other story <laughs> because uh, it has its own testimony. But I met him when he had just fallen from a, of a, from a building. So he was in a wheelchair. Oh. Um, he was an iron worker in Houston. Uh, and so um, he, he worked for a company called Brown and Root. And I was just a, I was just a, you know, 15. I was a, a little girl yet. Yeah. So, but I saw him and I was like, you know, in my, in my still, you know, God working in my life language, I was like, poor dude, you know, poor. he fell, you know, whatever, <laughs> you know. But he said that when he saw me, he didn't think anything but, hmm, let me get to know her, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Later, I tell him, why are you thinking about, you know, trying to get to know me when you're all broken and everything? And he's like, my body was broken, but not my heart. I was Aww. like, oh, I was intact. Okay, whatever, you know. So he, you know, even though I was very young, we, um, we started a relationship, a courtship. Mm-hmm. Nothing like today. Mm. So we would talk on because he asked my dad. We would talk on the phone mm-hmm. once a week. On Wednesday, my dad was right there listening to the conversation. All right. And then I would see him at church and just say, and he was in the wheelchair. Um, you know, he told me, oh, you're the reason I'm going to start. I'm going to walk again, even though the doctor said I would never walk again. Wow. So that was like, wow, you know, so romantic. And <laughs> so I know. We ended up getting married uh, after three years of intense therapy. And then he finally started working again. He went to school during that time. He mm-hmm. had to change, you know, his, his, um, career because yeah. the doctor said, can't go back to construction. Well, that was a lie straight from the pit of hell because my husband <laughs> a few years ago retired from construction here in Chicago after wow. 25 years. Oh my goodness. So everything that the doctor said would not happen. Yeah. Happened. The doctor said, you will not be able to have children uh, because of this trauma to your body. They're not going to, we have twins. We Come have to- on. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if he could have babies. Yeah. Oh, well, that's another conversation. <laughs> so we have uh, our oldest daughter who's married and uh, is, you know, she's a psychologist. And then I have twin daughters. One is a lawyer. The other one is wow. a teacher. And then we have our surprise baby son who is uh, starting his second year of the university uh, in a few weeks. Awesome. So everything that the doctor said would not happen, happened. Yeah. Including him walking, running, doing everything. Yeah. like. Wow. Um, we've been married for 38 years. It's going to be, well, Praise it's going to be 38 in December. And uh, 
right when I when we got married, like one month before, he was ordained into ministry in San Antonio, Texas. Mm. So we got married. He was a minister for a yeah. month already. Yeah. Ugh. And so he was co-pastor at the church we were at the time, which was in Rosenberg, Texas. Mm-hmm. And then he moved to Chicago. And we stayed at Bishop Celestino Guzman's church for a few years. And then my husband got, got called to uh, pastor a church, uh-huh. which was the fourth church of Chicago. So we pastored that for six years. Okay. And then Bishop uh, Samuel Arellano retired, and they appointed us to the first church of Chicago. Yeah. We've been there for 13 years wow. at the first church. So altogether, 20 years of, of pastoral work. Yeah. But our whole marriage of ministry. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, sister. And it, it's it's funny. Um, the more I speak with you, the more we have conversation, and and we're revealing stuff. The more I feel connected to you, sister. <laughs> and, okay. yeah. I mean, we're gonna end up being cousins. Gonna, the well, you know, I was born in Delano, California. What? So yeah, <laughs> yeah, we lived in a little yeah Union High. Yeah, we, we lived in a little town called Portersville, California. Okay. And, and you know those little towns in California? They're kind of all like 20 minutes, 30 minutes from each yeah. other. Yeah, and I was born in Portersville. My other, my old little sister was born in Tulare. You know, so, uh, you know, kind of in that area. And my dad was a field worker, so that's kind of why we were out there. Uh, we would We were migrant. That's what they would call us in school, migrant right. students. Yeah. So we would travel back and forth from there to different little towns and cities in California. And, you know, Blythe eventually was one of them, too. That's where I grew up most of my life. I was spent there until we moved here to Tucson, Arizona. And after I got married when I was 25. But, yeah, mo- most of the parts was, you know, just kind of doing that. So, yeah, the more you, you share those things, it's like, yeah, I that was that was us. You know, we were there. We, well, <laughs> we that were doing was, those that things. That. And, and it was – it's uh, – I think across the board, a lot of apostolics during that time were were in that same situation. Mm, yeah, where in, in our songs it was uh, evident that we were migrants. Soy peregrino aquí, en es, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, <laughs> awesome. Uh, anyway, yeah. So I, I was born in McFarland, California, but I would never say McFarland. I would always say. I was born in McFarland, California. I, I was born in California. Okay. But then when the movie came out, there's a movie called yes. McFarland USA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From that on, then I knew people could identify McFarland. Where you were from. Movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because we watched that movie and I tell my son, I go, look, this is kind of the, the culture that was kind of, you know, all the homes together. Everyone would kind of eat together. You know, right. yeah, it was everyone knew everybody, you know, in the little towns that they were in. Everyone kind of knew each other. And yeah. So they go, really? I go, yeah, it's all you did out there. School, you know, and, and things like that. And so, yeah, it's really yeah. interesting for them in that aspect. Uh Wow. So, sister, kind of going uh, from, you know, all those years of services, you know, ministry and, and pastoral and, and all the things that, you know, God took you out of. Again, we're barely touching on the surface. I know, like you mentioned, there's a lot more, you know, oh. to this, but just kind of what God has taken you out of and all those things. Were there ever a time that you felt like a distant or a doubt? Like, you know, God's taken me out of me so much. God's taken me out of so much. You know, why, why is this season now you know, happening, you know, could yeah. you ever recall something like just stands out in your mind? Yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes. Oh boy. Well, <clears throat> you know, I mentioned that I had a little brother who was one year younger than myself. Mm. Um, my, his name was Mike or well, Miguel Angel Ramos Jr. Mm. Cause my dad is Miguel Angel. 
senior. And so um, he got really ill um, about 10 years ago. He got really sick. And so we, uh, my parents called me, I was in Chicago and they said, you know, your brother's very ill. He went in for a routine uh, procedure to remove um, gallstones from his bladder, but things mm -hmm. got complicated. Now they're intubating him. And I was like, what? What? No, 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 no. This doesn't sound right. Yeah. So I told my husband, I really need to go see my brother. He's like, you know, bless me. And he said, go, go be with yeah. your family. So I went and I would, you know, spend the nights there. I mean, there was nothing about COVID or nothing back then. Yeah. I would spend the night with my brother so my parents could rest or for, you know, his wife to rest or whatever. So when I was in, in uh, Texas, I was staying with my brother the nights, mm. every night. And every night, you know, I would rub my, my brother's feet, but I was praying, Lord, mm. you know, you have brought him this far. I know there's more for his life. And I would just pray. And then, uh, and I would just, I was so at peace. I was confident, you know, Lord, I know you always hear me when I call. Yeah. I know you're going to heal him. And, and I was so confident. And then he slowly started to get better, like he just started getting a little bit better, like his oxygen level levels mm. were getting better. He started to breathe a little bit on his own. So I was so, so, so certain that God has had heard my plea, yeah. my cry once again. Like I was accustomed to, like yeah. because you know, we're homies like yeah. that. <laughs> and so I, I said, I okay, I need to get back to Chicago. You know, I, I've been here for you know a few days already. I need to get back. I came back as soon as I got back, like two days later, you know, they called me that my brother had passed away. Wow. I was so oh, devastated. My parents were devastated. I mean, it was just a time in my life where I really felt that distance. Like what Lord, mm. you and I had talked about this, you know, we were good. You were going to heal him. He was going to come visit me in Chicago. We, you know, I know that you heard me. Like, what happened? Like, yeah. and there was silence. Like, I I didn't feel a connection. There was a distance that I felt, and I, you know, fell into what some might call depression. I don't really like to use that no. word, but I was extremely saddened. But mostly with God, because how dare you? Mm. You know what I mean? And and how dare me? Yeah. But at Time, it was like, Lord, you and I, you know, we have a relationship. Yeah. You hear me when I call you. And I followed your rules. I've gone, to, you know, to church. I've been faithful to my husband. I'm I'm faithful at, you know, at service. Yeah. I do this. I do I pay my diezmos. Yeah. You know, I do everything. Why? What went wrong? You know. And so I was certain that God would hear my cry and he would heal my brother, but God had made other plans, mm. you know, for my brother and for my family. And it was a time of great devastation, you mm. know, when, when, when children lose their parents, you know, they, they're, um, there's a name for that. You know, when, when a, a woman mm. loses her husband, there's a name for that. You know, yeah. she's, he's a widower. Yeah. He's a widow. Um, es huérfano. Yeah. When, when they don't have, um, you know, but what do you call it when when a parent loses a child? Mm. There is no name for it. 
What do you call it when a sister, a doting sister who really loved her brother and took care of him because of everything we went through? I protected him so much. And yeah. God was going to honor that protection even when now I know it was his deathbed. Mm. You know? So I really, I went through the like, but what's going on? Why isn't God hearing me anymore? Why didn't he hear me? But God had other plans. Mm. He always hears us. Mm. Though we walk through the valley of the shadow and death, he will always hear us. And we're walking through. We're not about staying there. Mm. He walked us through. Yeah. It was a horrific season of our life. And I saw my parents, my parents just, you know, deteriorate and weep constantly. And my dad would say, Mija, you know, your brother's name is Miguel Angel Jr. for a reason. I'm supposed to go and he's mm. supposed to This doesn't make any sense. And, you know, mm. I had to hang on to the word, Brother Nakera. Yeah. I had to go back and just be real. And, and I had to remember that, that my God would never do anything to hurt us, that, yeah. you know, he's a compassionate and gracious God. And, and the word says in Psalm 86, 15, he's slow to anger, yeah. abounding in love and in faithfulness. And I knew that if our plans didn't work out, then the plans of God worked yeah. out. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, yeah. plans to prosper you and not harm you, yeah. plans to give you Hope and a future, as it states in, in the book of Jeremiah. And so we will prosper in the works he has set aside for mm. us. We will prosper amidst the trials and afflictions. We will have hope because our future is with Jesus yes. eternal. So when we have an eternal lens, this gives us a view of life that is just that, eternal. Yeah. And so... Yeah, I don't know if I answered your question, but but yeah. all of these came to my mind. And of course, because I had the word as my anchor, I went back to the word. Yes. Decided I need to be still and know that he is God. Yes. yes. He is still with us. God's plans were for Mike to end his journey on earth. And we start a new one, you know, to learn to live without my baby brother. Yeah. To to live without that that we loved and and god is faithful you know yes. now we're even more sensitive to when people lose a loved one mm. we're even hypersensitive to when you know someone tells us you know uh, i'm praying for my brother or estoy orando por mi hijo you know because yeah. i relate to my parents and so there is purpose to everything that we that we go through yes. in life yes amen, amen. Yeah, I, I can recall, sister, where um, when my father-in-law, he uh, out of nowhere, he had an aneurysm. And wow. uh, he got took into the hospital, you know, the emergency room, and we were there. And um, and then they took him to uh, intensive care, you know. Um, and he was there for a bit. He was there for a month or so. And, and I'm always so bad at recalling information, but he was there for a while. And my, my, my wife was near him. You know, she took time off of work, and she was there with my mother-in-law. And and they would sleep the night sometimes. You know, the family would take time uh, turns. You know, rotating to sleep there in the in the ice. You know, in the waiting room there, uh, just in case anything new came up. And uh, my wife would tell me, "Goes, you know, do you think God will hear our prayers?" I go, "I, I know God hears our prayers." And then every time we would show up, there was always somebody new there, which we appreciated. We appreciated people visiting and, and the prayers. 
But I told my wife, I'm getting frustrated. And she's all, what do you mean? I go, because every time we're there, someone wants to pray with us when we already prayed. We prayed two days already. You know, it's the same God. And that was just my my spirit, kind of, you know, that like, God, do it now or or do do something, you know, do something. And, and I remember that that night when I talked to my wife about that, I had a dream and I dreamt my father-in-law and I dreamt my uh, one of my brother, uh, my wife's uncles who had just passed away uh, earlier of cancer. And, and then I dreamt that I was out there and I saw them outside of their house where they lived at because uh, uh, they were all together. We were living all together at that time. And I and I and I had a I, I saw my father in law. He said, "You know what? Um, wh- which way do we go?" I was like, "Well, I don't know. Hold on. Let me go. Let me go grab a flashlight because it was dark outside for some reason." And he goes, "No, I think I see. I see where we're supposed to go." And I go, "Well, let me go with you to make sure you get there." He goes, "It's not. You can't come with us yet." Oh my he goes, god! Yeah, he goes, "You can't come with us yet, but just know you're gonna be. Everyone's gonna be fine." take care of everyone. And so then I woke up and I felt such a peace, like, you know, in my heart. And I looked over at my wife. I go, I don't know if I thought to, if I should tell her or not, you know, but um, I, I ended up telling her and then my father-in-law passed away. You know, my father-in-law yeah. passed away. But I told my wife, I go, you know, my frustration was, I know prayer works. I, and and, I, and like I said, I appreciated so many people saying, let's I'm like, well, I, I just want to see something now. And, and like you were saying earlier, who, who am I to say, I want to see something now, you know, bye, but bye. At the, yeah. But at the same time, it's like, God, God heard, I know he wasn't offended. He heard. And he said, you know what? I'm just going to share this with you. And then just have peace knowing that ultimately I'm in control and whatever it is, you know, it, you may not understand it fully yet, and that's what I tell my wife. We may not fully understand everything and why he took your dad just now, but, you know, we're going to trust in God. And the fact that we know where he's at, you know, the fact that we know he's in a, yeah, I go, that's, that should bring us peace. And yeah, you know, loss is loss. And, you know, God gives opportunity to grief, but at the same time, we don't grief like somebody that doesn't know where their loved ones are going. Yeah. It's different. Yes. It yeah. is different. And yeah. uh, after I had my little, Jacob moment, yeah. you know, wrestling with God. Kind yeah. Of, yeah. You know, I would remember that my grandmother, who always validated me as a person, as a as a girl, as a young lady, she validated my life, my and 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 my purposes in life. Though I was a child, she taught me to value myself, but she also she also taught me to pray and increase my faith by, you know, kind of hanging on to God's promises, mm. and so. Reverting to the word yes. was like almost by default. Yes. How important it is for us to teach our children to, yes. you know, well, by default, get back into the word, even mm. when it's difficult. Yes. And so I too told my mother, you know, mom, todo va a estar bien. Everything is going to be okay. Even though the storm seemed like at its highest, yes. you know, you're grieving a son. Yeah. Tell my mom, it will be okay. And yeah. you know what, Brother Nakara? It has been okay. Yeah. It has been okay. He has everything under control. Yes. And so the impacts that uh, uh, my grandmother, you know, passed on to me are eternal mm. impacts. And I have passed those life tips and counsel to my kids. And and in turn, they have started to do that with their own kids. Because sure. I'm a grandmother now. And I do that with my grandkids too. Yeah. So everything will be okay despite whatever circumstance anybody going you know anybody in, in your listening audience whatever you're going through mm. you know what this is but a season yes 
will get better. You've already seen your midnight hour. Yeah. It's only going to get better. And I'm not saying, oh, it's the best time of your life. I'm not saying yeah. that. What I am saying is that God will give us the ability to move forward. Yes. We, you know what, Brother Nakeda? We learn to become wounded healers because our ministry continues. Mm. Though we are yes. wounded, though we're hurt, we continue to move forward because this is about a bigger plan. This yes. is not even us, myself, yourself. Yeah. This is about God's plan. And yes. so we need to move forward regardless. And he has already equipped us. Yes. Yeah. He told Jeremiah, I have sanctified you even mm-hmm. before you were born. Yeah. You're already sanctified to be a voice to the nations. And so that's what we need to do, despite whatever is going on. And even Jeremiah said at one point, I don't want to live anymore. Yeah. But it was that that burning in his bones yes. that he just, and it says that he couldn't shut them up. And mm-hmm. He had to speak. And so we all have our, our moments where we say, I don't want to move forward. I yeah. don't want to do this. I am doubting. I don't Definitely. know if this is even real. That mm-hmm. lying devil, God yes. is more real than ever yes. when we feel like that. Because when we are the most vulnerable, then his strength will kick in. Yes. Amen. Yeah, not by our power, by our, by our might, but by his spirit, saith the Lord. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Oh, such an awesome, awesome yeah. conversation, sister. Um, I know so much, and time just goes by. I know. Oh, my <laughs> Well, I, I kind of have an idea of, of what the next answer is going to be for this question, but who? But again, there's different seasons, you know, as we're going along. And, and I know at the beginning, and and a part of big part of your life was your grandmother. You you know, you mentioned a lot of, of what she's done. But were there, you know, if you can go ahead and mention her again. But any other more, any other influential people, you know, for your different seasons in your walk with Christ so far, sister, that that you kind of turn to or turn to. Uh, you know, when, when things, you know, when you need to talk things out? Yeah, well, besides Grandma, there was a minister at the local church who uh, happened to be the the pastor's kid. But, you know, he was a, a full-grown minister. It was Florencio Jr. I don't know if you ever met him. He's Bishop Joe Aguilar's brother. Okay. He always encouraged me, and he always had, like, an open-door policy. Like, even though Daddy was in prison... You know, we stayed in church. Um, he would always check in with me, and and I felt like, wow, how special yeah. that he would check in with me, and he would encourage me, and he would validate me, and he would defend me because there's always going to be bullies and people, even spiritual bullies, you know. Mm-hmm. Ha ha, your dad's in prison. Ha ha, you're poor. Ha ha, this, that, and mm-hmm. the other. But he was always like my defender, and uh, he had a way with putting people in their place without offending them mm-hmm. because he was but he was young and, and you know he had influence and he certainly influenced me and during the course of our our my ministry and my husband's ministry and together we've had different people in our lives that have yeah. you know spoken life into our our situation whatever it you know it may be whether it's you know ministry with the young people because we were youth pastors for a long time in our district or whether we were co-pastoring or whether we were in school of pastors you know teaching for uh, several years with Pastor Mike Ortega. Um, Mm. So Bishop Joe Aguilar, Pastor Mike Ortega, you know, Brother Jimmy Morales, Mm. uh, those are all men of God and women of God, you know, their wives that have kind of walked alongside us, my husband and I. And um, the, the, 
the impact that they have had with their ministry, sometimes it's a silent ministry. You know, they're they're leading by example. Mm. And so that's where, you know, we kind of watch their modeling. Yeah. And so that's what we try to do as well. Like there was a, a, a person um, when I studied, as I studied at the McCormick Theological Seminary, I got a master's degree there. When I studied there, I remember this uh, professor saying, St. Francis of Assisi would always say, you know, preach at all times. And if necessary, use words. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So there have been several people that have Im- impacted our lives directly speaking to us or indirectly yes. by modeling. And so we hope to be, you know, somebody's model, if yeah. you will, um, even if it's in a very simplistic way, you know, mm. just trying to be faithful to God and honoring the church and loving the people and yeah. serving the people in our family. Yeah. Amen. Oh, that man, that speaks volumes. That say I haven't heard that before, you know, yeah. what you just mentioned, but that's great. Definitely. Mm. Oh, definitely. It's pretty powerful. Yes. You don't have to say a single thing. Just be Christian. Yes. Just be apostolic. Just be Pentecostal. Just be who God has called you to be. Yeah. And that speak volumes. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's a question like, am I doing like enough or am I doing this right? And and it's not so much that I, I need... It, it, that we would need or I need validation in that. But sometimes it's just a question like, am I, you know, am I doing this right? And, yes. and one of the things that I've always appreciated, especially when I hear my wife tell me or, you know, when it happens to myself and, and all honor and glory to God. But when people, like you were mentioning earlier, when people can come and, and something clicks with your spirit with theirs and like, you know what, I don't know why, but I just feel like I want to tell you that, or I feel like, you know, you're yes. just, yeah. And it's like, oh my goodness, you don't know how much <laughs> that means, you know. To- <laughs> exactly. Sometimes they don't see it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. They have no idea that their gift is teaching. And yeah. they've been teaching all along, but nobody ever told them and they never inquired for themselves. Yeah. And when you mention it, you verbalize it, yeah. like words are powerful. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and I always appreciate, and I always appreciate my wife. You know when she tells me, I don't. This lady just started telling me, and she was crying. I'm like, in, at work, yeah. she goes, Yeah, I don't know why she chose. I'm like, You know why she chose you? You know, yeah. you know, there's something about, yeah. So, but yeah, it's just always mm-hmm. awesome. Like you said, you know, preaching, and sometimes you got to use words, but you know, your life, your your we're t- we're living oracles, we're living testimonies. You know, as, as we're walking to and fro, you know, this world. And definitely, definitely. Absolutely. You know, the uh, just real quick, mm-hmm. part of my life's journey includes working at a rape crisis center. And, oh. and that was, you know, a calling God ordained me to be there for a season. That yeah. season was, you know, over 12 years. But during the time I was there, people knew who I, I was, yeah. you know, of course. They, you know. I did the crisis counseling, especially with the Latino community. Yeah. And uh, occasionally I would get the counselors or the psychiatrists to come knocking on my door and say, hey, can I talk to you for a minute? Sure. And they would ask me if my husband was going to come over because sometimes he'd come over to uh, have lunch with me if he was doing construction in the area or whatever. Uh, And I would say yes or no or whatever. But they would ask me, when he comes in, would you tell him to come see me? And I already knew what they wanted. They wanted Joe to go pray for them. Wow. Go pray for their office. Real? Wow. Because when you're dealing with that type of crime, look, you and I know, you know, you're a minister and I'm a pastor's wife. There's a whole other component going on, you yeah. know, uh, a spiritual component to to the, the, the breaking of a child because of rape mm. or incest or et cetera. 
But the point I'm trying to make is, is that the people will watch you and they're going to see your steps. They're going mm. to hear if your words match your, yes. um, what your, you know, you know what I mean? Yes. Your actions. Your your tra- yes. Your words, your actions, all of that. Yes. And even in your field of work, whatever, wherever that may be, yeah. then people are watching. Yes. It doesn't matter if you're talking or not. People are, are watching you and they know there's something different about you. Yeah. And that's what, does he'll transform our lives around it and we don't have to like people say oh if you come to christ you know you're going to have to leave this and leave that you don't leave anybody they leave you because now you know there's Mm. somebody they can't hang out with because you know you can't get talked up together anymore or drink together or whatever you know yeah but by the token people are navigate towards you oh there's something different about you you know there's some a calm about you yeah you know can you tell me a little more or what do you do yeah to take care of these clients yeah. who are so broken and so this, that, and the other. And so that's where you, yeah. the doors open. Oh, wow. well, I pray, you know. Yeah. To God. Yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. No, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, it just reminds me of, you know, when, when you're in the presence of the Lord, it, you know, like when, um, you know, Moses was coming down the mountain and he was so bright. You know, and, and it's because he was in the glory of God. You know, it, 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 it rubs over him like this. Yeah, to do this. <laughs> it, it 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 rubs out. You know, God will rub off on you definitely. You know, his glory and it, so yeah, it's it'll show. There's something that'll connect with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, sister, there in Chicago, and we're again we're talking earlier, and and kind of the indirect connection that we have there with yourself in the church, and and, and how my wife grew up there, and and things of that nature, but. How, how how has the church been there? How how is with all this COVID nineteen and now the the variant and whatever else may come? But how how is that going for you there in Chicago for your congregation and, and your minister and ministry there? Well, um, things are going. You know, when when the pandemic was first like officially announced in March of mm-hmm. twenty twenty, um, my husband quickly took action and. We had already, this is the way God works. We, in Chicago, the first of Chicago, in December of 2019, my husband and um, a group of ministers and leaders of the church, we had already kind of divided up the church into different uh, prayer groups Mm. so that everyone can kind of minister to each other and, you know, cell groups and Jesus strategy, all of that, you know, so that their homes can become a place of, an, an oasis for the community and and ultimately bring the gospel to people's lives. Mm-hmm. Evangelism. Evangelism. Mm-hmm. So it was an evangelistic effort. So we were already divided. We already knew where we were going to meet mm. post COVID. So when COVID hit, we were already di- we were already meeting. Mm. Even though we were meeting physically, all we had to do now is create groups. So we were meeting now via you know Google Meets yeah. or. Um, you know, all these other platforms that, that we had to quickly learn, but our church was already connected mm. to each other in a certain way. And then Joe and, and my husband, Joe Vasquez, uh, he will meet once a week with the core staff to see how all the groups are doing, mm. see how everyone's doing. And, and so we can minister to the ministers, kind of, you know, yeah. train the kind of thing. So we were without 
you know, unbeknownst to us, we were preparing for that. God mm. was already preparing us. And then like in March when it, when, you know, we couldn't go to, back to church anymore, like the middle of March, our tech team started working hard. And um, by the following Sundays, we were already doing virtual services. Wow. So we were very quick yeah. in making sure that the people were fed and we were still connected. Um, and so, you know, so we've been connected this whole time. We've been awesome. having, you know, meetings and, and retreats and fun times and, you know, the youth gather and we're, st- you know, we're doing all of that. Yeah. And, uh, but what, what happened with, you know, the way um, the church developed is, is that it, the, the pandemic kind of put the reality of our, our mortality on the forefront of our lives. Mm. We knew that. All of a sudden, people we know are no longer here. Yeah. Like our mortality is now right there. Yeah. Like, you know what? If you haven't told somebody you love them, you need to tell yeah. them. If you have not forgiven someone, you better forgive, yeah. forgive them. You need to think about If your marriage is on the rocks, there's a time to come together. Yeah. You know, so there was a lot of opportunity for people to make amends and to better their relationships and to really show love. We would go to people's homes who had COVID and, you know, the different groups, Mm-hmm. Uh, first cell groups uh, as we were divided and minister to each other by leaving food or leaving whatever we could outside of the door and praying. And so we never lost touch, Brother Nakura. Yeah. We never lost touch with the people. And uh, I'm so proud of the way the, the leaders just took it to a whole other level yeah. of service. And that was just beautiful to see. Yeah. And my husband and I were like, oh my God, we could not have done this alone. Wow. It's people and the love for each other and the other part about that is brother we've had we've had baptisms left and right oh the lord pandemic or no pandemic people are coming to the lord we just had five baptisms uh not this sunday the the sunday before and then we had more baptisms of uh, couples and we're talking about young couples with kids and and then we had um uh Young people getting baptized. So that has not stopped. Yeah. The, the virus has not hindered the word of God yes. whatsoever. We're just doing it differently. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like you mentioned earlier, I think I think as we go along and we, we show, you know, how to be examples during this time of COVID and uncertainty and having that faith and trust, and like you said, reverting back to God's word and hold on to God's promises and just kind of living that life and, and kind of, you know, that people could see like, man, you know, when, when there's such uncertainty, you know, how are you certain? It's like, because I'm not certain of myself. I'm, I'm certain of God's word and I'm certain in God's promise. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. And that's, I think that's one thing that we can share with people through our, our, our social media and like, and, and how we, you know, just live everyday life for sure. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. It doesn't sound like you guys skip a beat, sister. Then there in Chicago first. Um, wh- we, we have not. We have not skipped. I mean, that's not without trouble. Still, you sure. know, there's technicalities. There's people getting used to it, and oh. my husband had to kind of uh, remind the young people, of, you know, to teach their grandmas to use, mm. <laughs> you know, Facebook so they can connect. Yeah. And, you know, li- you know, the live stream they needed to be. Con- so there was a lot of newness and sure. growth that happened. So the church, you know, experienced a balanced growth, if you will. Like Mm. they grew in grace, they grew in knowledge, they grew in wisdom, Mm. and we even grew numerical. (laughs) So 
it was, it's just been a time of learning and growing. Um, though we've had some loss as, sure. as well, yeah. still we continue to move forward yes. uh, in the name of Jesus. Jesus definitely. And, uh, you know, being already in August uh, of this year, sister, um, what do you feel your outlook for this, you know, this half of uh, the year left, you know, for your mini- for your ministry there or for Chicago First? What do you feel um, your, your outlook is for the rest of this year in ministry? Yeah, so, well, for me, for, for my ministry, uh, you know, on an individual, if you will, basis, mm-hmm. my outlook for the rest of 2021 um, as the National Dorcas Auxiliary President is to mm-hmm. continue to venture out into uncharted waters on a national leadership level mm-hmm. uh, with direction from the Holy Spirit, with mm-hmm. the love and covering of my dear husband, um, and the love and support of my children, my family, definitely Apostolic Faith Tabernacle Chicago One. So we continue to move forward, to yeah. press forward with the work of the Lord. As far as our church, um, I think that the church, it's not my church, it's the church of the Lord that mm-hmm. we're pastoring, my husband and I, at the First Church of Chicago there. I think the church is going to continue to grow in, like I mentioned earlier, in grace and knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's going to just continue to move forward and we're going to continue to experience uh newness there's a lot of newness that has happened because of the pandemic but at the same time uh, there's a lot of how can i say the pandemic has really exposed a lot of problem areas Mm. that we're going to tackle you know we roll up our sleeves and you know we have to now um and and that that's fine because that's what we're called to do you know we're minister to those in need, and we're called to love those that are, you know, struggling and mm-hmm. help them as best as we can. And if we need to get outside help, we will do that. Yeah. Uh, we uh, continue to love Apostolic Faith Tabernacle Chicago One, its ministers, its people, the leaders. Um, and also, my husband and I, as part of Apostolic Faith Tabernacle, we you know, we keep in contact with, because my husband is also the elder, so we can mm. keep in contact with other pastors. Yeah. You know, that's a kind of our way of maintaining our sanity, if you will. You know, just processing, having virtual coffee with some of the pastors yeah. and just enjoying, you know, I enjoy time with the wives. Um, so, you know, we do what we have to do to move forward. Yeah. And the Lord gives us, you know, wisdom and knowledge and, and, and he gives us, resources as yes. well because during the pandemic you know a lot of people lost their jobs but apostolic faith tabernacle was able to move forward and Praise we God. were blessing people even during this time mm. we were blessing them financially yeah. when we knew it was a family that didn't have a job you know or single mom lost her job and you know couldn't make ends meet like we because we were already all connected yeah. you know point pe- people telling us oh there's this need over here or there's this need and they would usually take care of it we got it if it was something bigger then it would come to mm. us and we'll t- let's let's figure it out we'll, we'll take care of it yes and so that's a body of christ caring for each other what yeah. a beautiful thing yeah and, and w- just kind of at the top of my head because you you mentioned you commented sister that you know you're the national uh dorcas uh, auxiliary president what, what what spirit do you feel as you go and travel and visit Dorcas from different cities and different uh, states? What what do you see? You know, nervousness. Do you see just a level of anticipated worship? Like, what do you what do you usually just see in in the Dorcas right now? 
Um, what I see in the Dorcas is a, a newfound hunger for God's word, a newfound hunger to be in community. Mm. The ladies love to be together. We just had our national conference. It was hybrid. We had it in Union City. Okay. I say hybrid because we didn't fill it to capacity. You know, the building, Union City is a huge, uh, beautiful church. Uh-huh. Pastor Adam Lopez was so generous with um, our, you know, hosting our event. And um, so the ladies were just so um, anticipating of being together. Like we closed registration because of safety reasons. Mm. I told my authorities, we're not going to have a full house. You know, we're going to follow these guidelines. We're going to take temperatures. We're going to have people fill out paperwork, you know, all of that. Because, you know, we want to make sure everybody stayed safe. I mean, we had people like, like in the days of Noah, they were knocking on the Uh. the dark, the ark's door, yeah. like open it, you know, let me in. We had a lot of people like that that wow. wanted to come to our event. Uh, it was our registration was closed, and yeah. we did make some exceptions because the people who were knocking at the door were the ones that were saying, "I had a loss. I have been disconnected mm. from everything, but I need to be there. I need wow. to be in community. I need to worship with the other hermanas. Yeah. You know, I need just." be loved on. I need to love someone. I need to be around people. So I, I feel the ladies just want to be in community. They yeah. want to be together. Uh, the level of worship has increased dramatically. Wow. Like we, we're starting our event. They just put like a, <laughs> we already had it all planned out. We had a, you know, a, like a show of uh, videos that was going yeah. and we had like promo videos, you know, kind of like a convention. Yeah. We had, you know, music going and when they when the countdown began we put the music on the ladies were jumping and already in the spirit and already you know what i mean yeah i went around and say ladies sit down we still have to do an operation (laughs) (laughs) and they were just so grateful to be alive grateful to be there yeah and grateful to be able to share with other people what they've gone through what they're going through Etc. Yeah. So that's what I, you know, feel for the Apostolic Assembly, Dorcas. Still very hungry for the word. Youth mm. uh, on hunger, as a matter of fact, and also, you know, such a hunger to be in community and be together and just love on each other. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. That's great. Uh, well, sister, um, kind of wrapping up here. Speaking from your own experience, you know, as a Christian. If you could encourage someone today that's that's listening in, and you could uh, that they want to continue or start their own relationship with Christ, what what would you say to them? What would your message to that person be, sister? Wow, um, I would say don't let another day go by mm. questioning whether or not you should either visit a church, mm. hear a Christian podcast, uh, connect to an apostolic assembly live stream, Mm. uh, you know, message. Like there are so many ways now that you can get your spiritual needs met. Mm. I understand that, but don't waste another day thinking about it. Should I do it? Should I not Mm. do it? Um, God is waiting and is ready to minister to your life, to your family's life. And there, and even if you maybe, Maybe you were connected at some point and now have been disconnected. Mm. You know what? The Lord is still waiting. Yes. He's still a merciful God. He's still waiting for us to 
make the decision to come back mm-hmm. and to be in community with uh, with that you know faith community, whatever that may be, whether it's in your town in you know in Arizona or whatever city in Illinois or whatever city you know you're listening from. Do do a little bit of research, you know, find out where the nearest apostolic church is, you know, call someone like. Be proactive because your proactivity will have long-term consequences, Mm. eternal consequences, which are beautiful, your proactivity. But if you sit on it, well, obviously nothing's going to change. You know what the definition of insanity is, you know, doing the same thing over and over and expecting a change. Nothing's going to change if you don't take action. And I, I know that, you know, life is difficult, but I'd rather go through life, though it may be difficult at times, with God on my side than with God not on yes. my side. Yes. I would rather do life, you know, and, and struggle with my family together in unison, praying and trusting and having hope than to be hopeless, mm. to resort to um, other things that'll, that'll harm me in order to yes. drown out sorrows, pain, Find yourself a good faith community because when you do that, you're going to find that in that faith community, you're going to find healing. Yes. You're going to find wholesome of spirit. You're going to find peace yes. that your soul is longing for, especially during this time where people are just confused and yes. they don't know what's going to happen. Oh, you know, they say, la marca de la bestia, mm-hmm. you know, the 666. You know what? Yeah. Still, all you got to do is just come back into community, into communion with God and just take baby steps, yeah. one step at a time. Find somebody that you can talk to and just, you know, pray with mm-hmm. or have somebody pray with you. But don't let it go. Don't yes. just ignore it. Don't just hear it and ignore it. Take action. Yes. Somebody will hear you. Somebody will provide information so that you can be connected and your children and children's children can be connected yes. to a faith. Yes, definitely. Um yeah, it, it, you're it, it, like you said earlier, sister. It, it's a it's a decision you're making for eternity. So it's not just your own eternity, but like you were mentioning, for generations to come, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, sister, um, I, I really want to appreciate your time, all your awesome words, your your counsel, your your thoughts. Um, before we go, I just want to uh, I wanted to see if you could share with us. Um, how can people connect with your church or with your services and your ministry? Amen. Um, they could, let's see. People can go to Facebook and uh, do a search, Apostolic Faith Tabernacle-Chicago 1. Apostolic Faith Tabernacle-Chicago 1. Our website is currently being uh, updated. It'll be launching soon. Uh, but they can connect with us through Apostolic Faith Tabernacle-Chicago 1. We have services uh, in English, and then we have services in Spanish. On Sundays, we start our worship at 9 a.m. Central Time for the English-speaking uh, community. And then at 11, we have our Spanish service for Spanish-speaking community. And we have our bilingual worship uh, service on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Central Time. But check in with us because during the week we have um, 
virtual classes for the kids. The youth get together on Fridays. Uh, we also have our, our home cell group meetings. Some are on Tuesdays, some are on Thursdays, or both days. My husband has his cell group on Tuesdays, but then together him and I have another cell group slash disciple class on Thursdays for the newly baptized um, people. So there's activities during the week virtual, uh, virtually. So you don't have to leave the comfort of your home, but connect. Please mm. try to connect with us. And, you know, you can look me up on Facebook as well, Georgia Vasquez, and send me, a, you know, pri a private message. And I'll be more than happy to uh, assist you in whichever way that I can. And, and if you're a gentleman, you know, I'll direct you to my husband. If it's a couple, you know, my husband and I will both be in touch with you. Um, if it's a young person, I'll, you know, I'll talk to you. Um, we can, you know, chit chat and figure out what, what it is that you're needing so that we can best meet your need. Yes. All right. Oh, Sister Georgia, it was such a pleasure to have you on today. I, again, we just only got to, I know, speak just a, a couple, uh, even though it's been an hour or so, but we've only been able just to touch <laughs> on the surface of, you know, the things that God has done. But like, I, I really like what you said earlier, though. It's not only so much, uh, obviously important what he's done, but also what he continues to do and be in our lives because he's not done, you know. So God is not done yet. Yes, not at all. No, it, it, but again, it's so uplifting. And and to hear the works that God is doing, and and not only in your life, but also for your church, your ministry, for pastor there, um, and we'll continue to you know join you in prayer, and, and you know for more con more victories that you know that God will establish in your life and in your ministry, sister. Thank Amen. you so thank much. Thank you, thank you, Minister Nahed. I appreciate that so much. Thank yes. you, um, sister. Before we go though, um, would you mind dismissing us with a prayer? Not at all. All right. Um, Let's just go ahead and come before the Lord. Yes. Heavenly Father, we just come before you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you for this moment of processing a little bit about our journeys, Lord, that have been so impactful, God. Hallelujah. Your word is powerful yes, and transformative in our yes. lives, Lord. I thank you for all the godly people you've yes. placed in our life, Lord, to hide, to help us guide our own you know, lives and guide our yes. children, Lord, yes. towards you, oh Lord. In your precious name, I pray for... Uh, this ministry that Brother Nahira has uh, for IHAT, God. I pray that you prosper this ministry, that you may allow for others to hear yes. of your wondrous works, yes. Lord, uh, through this platform and through any other platform that he may be exposed to. In your precious name, I pray for uh, our pastors, people yes. in our life that are still impacting the world with your word, oh God that you may use them greatly and mightily during this time yes. of pandemic and during this time of so much transition, God. Yes. You are a God of all seasons, and I thank you for that, Lord. Yes. I thank you for all that you've done, for the journey that you've brought us through. Yes. I look forward to what you are still doing in the future for us, oh God. And I am oh, just so grateful. I thank you. I worship you. Mm. I praise you and I love you, oh God. In the name of Jesus, yes. we pray, Lord, that we may be dismissed from this broadcast, but never, ever from your yes. precious presence, yes. God. In the name of Jesus, In I Jesus pray. Amen. 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 Right. Brother Nathan, please greet your wife. I don't know her, but I, I may, maybe I do. I don't know. But I'll see her, greet her, and hug her yes. when I 
for sure. <laughs> yes. Uh, it, now with even more reason after having this awesome conversation, we definitely want to see how we can make the journey out there with you guys and, and visit you in person. And yeah, like I said, she's originally from there. So, you know, it'll be her old stomping ground. But at the same time, you know, to meet new, meet new brethren in the Lord and, and be able to fellowship there with you guys. It would be our honor to host you. Oh, thank you, sister. Thank you. All right. God bless you, sister. God bless you. And for your listening audience, everyone be blessed. Have a productive rest of the week. In Jesus' name. God bless you. God bless all right. Well, as we continue, as we conclude, I'm sorry, our podcast for today, I would like to thank you all again for listening in. And I pray that there has been a seed of faith planted in your heart and in your mind, that the seed will grow, uh, that the seed will grow and produce fruit in your life. If you would like to hear previous podcasts or learn more about it, you can go to our podcast SoundCloud page at www.soundcloud.com forward slash I have podcasts. And there you will find links to our social media platforms. And also, if you're interested in supporting this podcast, please keep us in your prayers. But you can also support it by giving. There will be links available there to direct you to our Patreon page where you can become a sponsoring member or to be a one-time giver, you can go to our PayPal page. If you would like to reach out to us, please email us at ihatpodcast at gmail.com. And also all the links that Sister Georgia was uh, commenting about Facebook, you're going to find them in the description so you can know how to connect with their ministry, with their church services, and, and whatever else. But until next time, Lord willing, God bless.